Retropod is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Drink responsibly. Hey, history lovers. I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. These days, the toxic hatred of white supremacists is spread out among a number of right-wing groups. Many of those groups gathered two years ago in Charlottesville, Virginia, at the Unite the Right rally, which erupted in chaos. Dozens were injured. One woman died. Of course, the Ku Klux Klan was there, but not with the strength and stranglehold on hatred that it once held. Like in the summer of 1925, when 30,000, yes, 30,000 Klansmen marched down Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C. White residents in the highly segregated city greeted them warmly. Though the KKK's membership numbers have declined to about 8,000, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, in 1925, the organization was at the height of its popularity. The Klan boasted a national dues-paying membership of nearly 5 million men and 500,000 women. The March on Washington is one of its proudest, most hate-filled moments. The group booked 18 trains for their march. Hotels filled with hooded men. Lunch stands and tobacco shops quickly sold out. The Klan even brought their own ambulances to escort those felled by the August heat. Many of the hooded marchers showed their faces, a rather telling indication that the group responsible for lynchings and other acts of terror could operate with impunity. Some in the group felt that showing their faces would grant their organization added legitimacy and respectability. According to Ibram X. Kendi, author of Stamped from the Beginning, The Definitive History of Racist Ideas in America, the reality that many members of the KKK were politicians only encouraged members to appear publicly without their hoods. The Klansmen marched for more than three hours. They eventually gathered at the Washington Monument for speeches, only to be greeted by a torrential downpour. The march's leader told the crowd, don't leave, God won't let it rain. But it did rain, and many left. The next day, a Klan contingent burned an 80-foot cross at the Arlington Park horse grounds. 75,000 people witnessed that ceremony from roadsides in their own backyards. Among the many striking angles of the Klan's visit is how the Washington Post covered the events. The front page headline the following day read, White-robed Klan cheered on March in nation's capital. The paper wrote, Phantom-like host of the Ku Klux Klan spread their white robe over the most historic thoroughfare yesterday in one of the greatest demonstrations this city has ever known. Let that sink in. One of the greatest demonstrations this city has ever known. The Post story rhapsodizes the parade pageantry, but says very little about the group's espousal of hatred. The paper 
did have one thing to nitpick, though. Their ability to march in straight lines. Now, public opinion of white supremacists has changed. But white supremacists have changed very little since those days. Kendi, the historian, sees ideological parallels between the Klan in the 1920s and the alt-right of today. Almost a hundred years later, white supremacists still believe that people of color cause societal ills like economic inequality and stagnating wages. Kendi says, these white supremacists are conditioned to believe this even though it flies in the face of facts. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to Terrence McArdle, who reported this story for the Washington Post. And for more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod. Retropod is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka and WP Brand Studio. Dog Joe was the original Tito's distillery dog over 22 years ago. Her unwavering support inspired the Vodka for Dog People program. Learn more about other retro dogs at WashingtonPost.com slash Tito's.